This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome to Season 2 of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. The show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians and each week we'll take a look into music and artists throughout the years that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page forward slash music that changed the world. Make sure you check out our Instagram page as well. The Beat Generation Podcast. A podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple and Spotify, along with some of our other shows, including The Bad Boys and Secret Men's Business. Make sure you check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, we would love you to leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week as we take a look at one of the most iconic bands in music as they travelled through the 80s, known as Starship, and emerged as Jefferson Starship with a brand new lineup. I'm Shane Bryan, and this is The Beat Generation. Last week, we looked at how the band that is now known as Jefferson Starship had its beginnings, and we finished with possibly one of the most famous tracks from the 70s, Jane. With the 80s came some big changes, the least of which was their name change to just Starship. In reality, Jefferson Starship never really went away, and even today there's still two bands with some of the members from the original lineup reforming Jefferson Starship and Mickey Thomas touring with a band known originally as Mickey Thomas's Starship, then Starship featuring Mickey Thomas. Okay, you get my point. It was Mickey Thomas. Now, being a massive fan and also a friend of the new lead singer and some of the original members, We're going to focus on the Starship era in the first half of the show and then in the second half of the show, we'll chat with Kathy Richardson, who is the new lead singer for Jefferson Starship, about their new album, Mother of the Sun. We'll also get their take on the new political landscape they're facing now at the end of 2020. Well, along with the end of the 70s decades came a musical storm that ended with the well-known Jefferson Starship becoming a brand new act. Drummer Donnie Baldwin explained the morphing that the band went through to become its most commercial format ever, Starship. David was lucky. He got out before. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a good time. It was it was really different, um, you know, blinded by the light, so to speak. Um, you know, Grace was gone. Grace left in 80, 87. I left in 89. David left before Grace. Pete. Um, Pete was there for a little bit with the starship but uh I like you know it, it it we got we got different producers we got different music there was a lot of music that was coming in we had people in the band that really wanted hits didn't really want to spend time writing so the image sound wise music wise of the band totally changed i mean it was really successful but uh you know that type of success is for me, it just doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like it's it's part of what you do and, and how you express yourself musically. But, you know, it was a good time for what it was. Um, it was a different band, different music, 
mostly different different leaders, different producers, and obviously different songwriters. Uh, not too many people in the band were writing songs um, through all that. So, but uh, we did have a good time. It was it was different from the Jefferson Starship when I first joined the band, but it was cool. You know, live and learn. Well, starting in 1984 with a lineup that included the unmistakable vocals of Grace Slick, Starship became one of the most iconic bands of the 80s with three number one songs in two years and a song that has become the most played song on commercial radio, We Built This City. There was another song, however, that captured the hearts of the 80s music scene with its massive ballads. And this is where we start this week's Beat Generation with the 1985 number one song, Sarah. 1985.
Well, that was Sarah from the debut album from Starship. It was called Knee Deep in the Hoopla. And it was 1985. The band had just released its most commercial album in over a decade. Their aim was to deliver an album that was completely radio-friendly. And with four singles and two number ones, they had succeeded. Well, the band used media to their advantage, especially when it came to their first single, We Built This City. Now, the song mentions a multitude of cities, City by the Bay, which made sense because San Francisco was their origin, the city that rocks, Cleveland, and the city that never sleeps, New York. Plus, it also features real-life radio promos and disc jockeys talking. I asked the band a little bit about the song and where the city was that they were referring to. That was an overdub where they had the radio station guy. Yeah. And they wanted to that that was not on the record. That was for radio specifically. Right. And they put all those radio stations on there to, you know, get radio to play it. And radios radio, at least in those days, loved songs about radio. So yeah. that was it really worked because that song got so played. Yeah. Uh, that everyone I, hated it. I think when Bernie, I think when Bernie Taupin wrote it, it was really about L.A. I think. Yeah. But yeah. when we played in Christchurch uh, after one of their devastating earthquakes, that was their call was to arms, and uh, so it was pretty amazing playing there in the uh, audience of eight thousand, sang it louder than we did on stage. So why was the song so polarizing? People either loved it or hated it. I mean, critics hate it, some of them, but most rock fans seem to love it, man. <laughs> Yeah, we get I a good really think it was just the sheer amount of times it got played on the radio that it burned people yeah. out. But it was so incredibly popular. It was a number one song. I think that it just, you know, it was one of those things like people heard it so much that they're like, I hate this song now. Well, let's take a listen to We Built This City from 1985. This is The Beat Generation. 1985. We built this city. We built this
Two years later, Starship was still on the rise. Little did they know that the band's time with Grace Slick was drawing to a close. The single Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now became a smash hit, aided in part by the movie Mannequin. And the song made Slick the oldest female vocalist to have a Billboard hit at the age of 47, a record that she held until 1999 when Cher exploded onto the charts with Believe. This is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from 1987. 1987. Good. 
That was Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from the No Protection album. Ironically, something did stop them. 
the departure of Grace Slick, who went back to the newly reformed Jefferson Airplane. It left Mickey Thomas at the helm and apart from a minor hit from the movie Cocktail, as quickly and as brightly that Starship shone, it was over. Two more albums with no hits at all and then they disappeared, with Jefferson Starship not resurfacing until 1992. Well, in 2008, the mantle of the vocals was handed over to Kathy Richardson and she joins us after the break for a special look at the new Jefferson Starship. Well, to close the Starship book from their Love Among the Cannibals album, this song was released in 1988 and was part of the soundtrack for the movie Cocktails. This is Wild Again, and you're listening to The Beat Generation. 1988. Yeah, I wanna live 
crossroad, a place to draw the line, and it comes down to the question, what is theirs and what is mine? Wild again, no one's child again. That was Wild Again and we'll be back with an interview with Jefferson Starship's vocalist Kathy Richardson right after the break. I'm Shane Bryan and this is The Beat Generation. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have... But everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. I'm Shane Bryan. Thanks for joining us for our look at Starship and Jefferson Starship. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Next week, we will be speaking with the Aussie music icon who has been around for over 20 years, Shannon Knoll. Don't miss that episode. This week we tracked down Kathy Richardson to find out what was happening with Jefferson Starship during 2020. Now it was an interesting view into the feeling of artists and musicians in the US since the Biden-Trump election. Plus we also chat with Kathy about her work with Grace Slick on the song It's About Time from the album Mother of the Sun. So to kick things off, let's take a listen to their latest single from their new album, It's called What Are We Waiting For? This is The Beat Generation. 2020. 
Well, it's with great pleasure that we're joined on The Beat Generation with Kathy Richardson. Kathy, welcome to The Beat Generation. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I bet you're in celebration mode. There's been a lot of changes in the US with Biden coming in. Has there been a massive shift in the attitude of artists and, say, the entertainment industry in America? Um, I think it's a it's a giant sigh of relief. Um, it's a, <laughs> it's a hopeful feeling, you know. But but also realistically, we understand we have we have big problems here. You know, the the country's never been more divided, and um, even with you know, I'm a I'm a liberal Democrat, but I you know, and I'm very excited about the Biden Harris administration. I'm actually a huge Kamala Harris supporter, and I was supporting her in the primaries when she was running for president. So I'm absolutely thrilled uh, about to have her as part of the administration. Um, but you know, Trump's still out there, still trying to. God knows what he's trying to do. He's trying to say that it's a fraud and you know he's got all these supporters that believe everything he says even though he's lied like proven lied uh, thousands and thousands of times um it's really so i think i'm most concerned i'm happy about the new administration coming in and maybe policies changing and maybe uh are standing in the world you know going back to where we were the good guys you know i think it's been Having Donald Trump as the president has just uh, just been terrible. Now, you're in a band that's been very outspoken in the past. Take, for example, the song Mexico about the issue of bringing drugs into America and how it got shut down. Now we're facing similar policies and changes in the government and in control. Do you think Jefferson Starship is as equally as passionate about the things that are happening now as they were, say, in the past? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Leading up to the election, I did, uh, David Freiberg and I did dozens of Zoom calls for, you know, fundraising. And we raised over $100,000 for um, Democrats in down ballot races and, um, you know, so we're in- extraordinarily passionate. We're extraordinarily um, involved. And, you know, we take some, a little bit of flack from it, um, but not very much. I mean, I think people basically, they know, they know who we are and what this band has stood for forever. So um, I don't think anyone would be surprised. <laughs> some, of the lyrics, some of the Jefferson Airplane lyrics, I mean, are amazing. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to take a side, don't you, really, in, in, in anything like this. Yeah. You know, you're either on one side or, or you're on the other side. Yeah, because when you see, you know, it's like if you see something, someone doing something horrible and you don't do anything to stop it, you're basically allowing them to do it, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think that's been the most shocking thing about all of this because he has emboldened these racist people to come out of their um, – come out and be more vocal and be more outward with their hatred and the black lives matter movement, which is a, a, an awareness movement about police brutality against black people, black men, especially um, has been, you know, twisted into this black people versus white people thing, which is not what it is at all. And uh, so that, but it's, it, that's been the most disturbing kind of thing is to see all the like racists come out of the woodwork. And I knew that 
we I knew it was a problem, but I guess I, I didn't really know how bad it was. And I think that's the worst problem that we have. We've been listening to uh, some of the the 80s uh, Starship. During that time, it was Grace Slick's voice, especially during that time. Then when mm-hmm. she took a step back and then you've stepped in as the lead singer of Jefferson Starship, mm-hmm. do you feel like you're carrying that torch that Grace Slick was carrying, especially with regards to women's rights as well. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. We wrote that that song. It's about time. Um, about you know, well, it's about everything in the kitchen sink. But um, it's was mainly written as a reaction to the women's movement here in the United States, and so um, yeah, I, I think it's really cool to especially to collaborate with her on, on music and keep so in a way she can keep her voice out there and keep putting music out, you know? Yeah. So cause I, I asked her, I, I, I don't know. I'm, if I didn't have music, I would, I don't know. I couldn't exist. And I, so I asked her, don't you miss it? You know, I like, I, I can't understand just like walking away. She says she doesn't miss it. And uh, she's just happy painting. And I have, actually have this self-portrait of her wow. uh, over my shoulder that she painted. So she just, she paints now and that's how she expresses herself. What is coming up then for Jefferson Starship? Because, you know, it's been a, a been a non-year, well, kind of a non-year. I mean, you guys have still been very active in doing, doing your bits and pieces. Yeah, we've been doing stuff. Um, we just recorded three Beatles songs um, that our manager asked us to do. So we did that and, and everybody did their parts and sent it here and I mixed them and that was fun. And uh, we are just, you know, we're looking at next year and hoping that next year happens at least in some uh, form that we can go out and play and, you know, a lot of our, we, our agent got on our uh, band call with us today and he said that we, <laughs> he said a lot of his artists are looking at 2022 because they're just not convinced that it's going to be happening next year and they don't want to go out and spend the money and be sitting around um, not playing, you know, but mm. we, we for many years have been sort of like, we jet off for the weekend and we play a couple shows and come home. And so we're fine to do that. We're set mm. to go that way. So it, it's probably going to be more of that, I would think, next year. Well, let's take a break and have a listen to a remake of a classic Jefferson Airplane song, a live version recorded for the Mother of the Sun album. It's called Embryonic Journey, and this is from their first big album, Surrealistic Pillow. This is... The Beat Generation. 2020. We're going to go take a, a break and, um, as Paul Kander would say, we're going to go search for FBI agents or something like that. I'm going to leave you here with wonderful Bay Area guitarist Jude Gold.
Can I ask you about the Beatles songs? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna try and guess what okay. songs that you've you actually recorded. Oh, I reckon. Guess away. I reckon you did Revolution. No, we did not. That would be a good one, though. No. Maybe we should be. do a whole album of Beatles songs. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're so good. There's so many of them. You know. Oh, I know. What about? Uh, was it? Does it have to be Beatles, or, or did you possibly do a John Lennon song? We did do a John Lennon song. Okay, uh, then I'm going to say um, "Merry Christmas, War Is Over." No, oh. the um, the John Lennon song we did is actually mashup of "Imagine" and "Redemption" songs. It's called "Imagine Redemption," and we released it in 2008 um, on the Jefferson's Tree of Liberty record. But we re-recorded it. It's just a new version of that. And then um, we did "Helter Skelter," which is really uh, which I sang or screamed rather, and then uh, <laughs> and uh, David David sang "I Dig a Pony," which is just one of our favorites. Yeah, got the help for my friends chords and. Uh, I see that. So. I see that's another one that you could have you know getting high with a little help from my friends. I mean, I thought that would have been a good yeah. one for you guys to see. That would have been a great one to do. Yeah, <laughs> we've actually one one year we played actually two times we've played this Beatles. Uh, event that's like a weekend of Beatles and all these Beatles bands come from all over the world to play. And then they have a headliner that's a band from the sixties or, or whatever. So like a classic band. So we did it a couple times, Jefferson Starship. And then they, um, they booked Paul Kantner didn't want to do it. So we did a second night it was like Kathy Richardson and friends and it was the me and the band and uh, we played all Beatles songs and we, but putting our own twist on them, mm. you know, and it was very kind of blues heavy and it was really, really fun. You're tending to go more towards the later Beatles and the earlier Beatles. You know, is, is there a reason for that? Do you like the more psychedelic Beatles? Yeah, I would say probably. Yeah, I, 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 for me, I, I'm more into the psychedelic stuff than the, yeah, yeah, yeah stuff. Although you know, it's those are great songs too. <laughs> yeah, but but, but Jefferson Star, uh, Jefferson Airplane, that yeah. was all very like very psychedelic sort of sounding. Yeah. You know, so that kind of fits, doesn't it? It know? does. Yeah. Trippy. What's your favorite? Uh, just talking about about you guys. What's your favorite song to play? Man, well, I really like playing the new songs. Um, what are we waiting for? I love love playing that one. And when we do it live, we go out on a space jam for, you know, it's just kind of like noise and feedback for another two minutes or something, and that's really fun. We we have a, a version of that that we're going to release this summer too with a, from a concert in Marin, a live version. So somebody had one camera up in the balcony and uh, we had a few mics out in the audience, so it we have a nice sounding recording. And I have one camera, but I'm going to try to cut it up and and do psychedelic trippy stuff with the video. And um, uh, Mark Rubenstein, who was the Pig Light Show in the '60s and '70s, he was the like the house lighting guy at the Fillmore East. Um, he's doing these just insane backgrounds behind us um just sort of painting with 
digital. I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but it's it's so cool looking. So uh, we'll be looking for that soon. Oh, fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us today um, and, and just giving us a bit of an understanding as to what is actually happening in the States as well. Uh, and um, we thought we would actually finish with uh, It's About Time. So, uh, yeah, do you want to – you can introduce the song. How's that? I, all right. I'd love to. This is, a, this is a song that I wrote with Grace Slick and Jude Gold. Our guitar player, it's the first single from our new record, Mother of the Sun. It's called It's About Time, and it is about time to let women rule. Thanks, Kathy, for joining us on The Beat Generation. Great to see you. Keep in touch. Well, next week we will take a look at an artist who has become iconic as the larrikin Aussie singer. Starting as an idol, as a runner-up to Guy Sebastian, Shannon Knoll has forged a career playing in the rural pubs and clubs. We take a look at his music and chat with him about his career. That is all coming up next week on The Beat Generation. But to take us out this week, a track that has been best described as a legacy, written by both the lead singer of Jefferson Airplane and the lead singer of Jefferson Starship. I'm talking about Grace Sleek and Kathy Richardson. And of course, it was also written with the help of guitarist Jude Gold. This is It's About Time from Mother of the Sun. I'm Shane Bryan. And this has been The Beat Generation. 2020.